Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hi. Hello. From 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, I'm Justin Barney. From Milwaukee Film, I'm Christopher Pollard. Together we're Cinebuds, and this week we are talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. Everything Everywhere All at Once is the new film by The Daniels, who did Swiss mm-hmm. Army Man a few years ago. This which one we loved. Which was fantastic, yeah. And this one stars the iconic Michelle Yeoh, who plays mm-hmm. uh, the owner of a laundromat, who is swept up in this crazy multi-universe adventure uh, where she has to save the world. And... Her family. And her family. And she also, and I think this is the most important takeaway, has to finish her taxes. <laughs> truly. Yeah. Everything Everywhere All at Once truly lives up to the name. As a movie, it is part family drama. It is part rock'em sock'em, you know, action movie. Yeah. It is it is part superhero movie. It is part fantasy. It is part surreal dream. It is it is truly everything. Christopher, what did you think about everything everywhere all at once? Oh, I loved it. And I don't think that's surprising because everyone in the world loves this movie. <laughs> I, it's one of the most I was worried to watch it because it's one of the most ubiquitously loved movies that I've heard about in a long time. It is. And why do you think everybody loves it? That's a good question because I was watching it and I was like, I can see how someone, this might not be your bag, but uh, like it was mine. And I was like, yeah, but it's so beloved. Um, I mean, it's sweet. It's got some real like relationship vibes it's you know heartbreaking and then and then happy and then you know sad and whatnot it's got some really familial like mother daughter themes it's also an incredible action movie it's very funny um it's so it's dramatic it's action it's comedy so it again everything everywhere all at once so there's something in it for everybody i guess i think so too and there have been movies that you know Usually, if you throw the kitchen sink at it, it's yeah. going to be, you know, if you if you try to be everything, it's going to end up being nothing. It's a mess. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. It's it's a yeah. mess. It's you're like you're not going to really hit all the beats that you want to hit, and right. uh, you know, one of those aspects might come through, but usually all of them will fall short. And somehow, yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once, it is funny. It, 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 I cried a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was thrilling. It had yeah. like all the emotions of the genres that it intended to have, which is just so hard for a movie to do. But somehow it really accomplished all the goals it set out, even yeah. in, in, in impossibly high 
aspirations that were met on every front. Yeah. And it was seamless. It's not like, okay, this is the funny part. This is the action part. It all right. just went together so nicely. I do, and I'll wait to the to the second half to talk about my theater going experience, which was oh. which really helped prove to me how good this movie was that I Oh, me too. Before we continue, uh I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who came out to the Milwaukee Film Festival and saw came to see us at Cinebuds Live when we watched The Thing together. Yeah. Thank you everybody. That ruled and was uh everything that we could have ever dreamed it was. It was a packed house at the Oriental Theater. Everyone's conversation was so great. The questions, the community, it was just like, I think when we imagined it, it was like, yeah, maybe we'll be on a side house and maybe like seven people will stay after. And we're like, that's good enough for us. And it ended up being just like, so, so much more than that. So fun. So thank you. Yeah. And everyone who asked questions, it was amazing to see everyone who wanted to engage and chat about this movie. Went on to like 11 PM. It was so much fun. So thank you everyone who came out. Yes. Um, and also, at the end, we're going to do what we've been watching after we talk about everything everywhere. And uh, um, at the end, we're going to include an interview with Steve Martin and Martin Short that I did yeah, the, uh, a couple weeks ago. Did. So that make sure you that you did. <laughs> that I, I had no part in I could have invited Christopher and I thought, you know, he he's doesn't tired. really like these guys. It's not it's not really it's not really it's not his, his thing. His his number one fan of all time. No, it's fine. Right. It's all right. Uh so make sure that you uh that you stay tuned for that. Do you remember the last time you fell down a musical rabbit hole? You heard a great song that led you to a great album, which led you to falling in love with a new artist, which introduced you to a whole new genre of music. Just like you, our DJ's curiosity for music never stops. That's why you listen to Radio Milwaukee, and it's a great reason to give. Support your home for music discovery at radiomilwaukee.org slash donate. And we're back. Oh, hi. Oh, hello. We're talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, we talked about how much we liked yeah. it and how it is everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, uh, f- but for those who have seen it and those who have not, I, it's probably important to go into the plot um, a little yeah. bit on it and just go into like what made it so interesting and yeah. Wild. So I think basically, I mean, it's hard to describe a very complicated multiverse plot. I feel like it's right. very, this is very much to me when I watched it, the matrix, if the matrix was fun, <laughs> yes. like if the matrix was like, instead of everyone wore black in this one, everyone wears bright colors and totally. it's funny. It's like a funny matrix. Yeah. But essentially, uh, Mich- Michelle Yeoh plays, um, this hardworking, a uh, serious laundromat owner with her family and her, you know, she's got a lot going on. She's trying to get her taxes done, mm-hmm. which really genuinely to me is one of the most subtly funny parts of this movie, but it is very funny. She suddenly discovers her husband uh, transforms into another person. Uh, and he says he's from a different universe and he needs her help uh, because there's this big bad coming and only she can, help. And the gist of it is that she 
discovers there are other universes where she, where she has an alternate personality and knows different skills. And so she has to, through this technology, bring those people into hers to use their abilities to help save the world. It's kind yes. of complicated. And, and, but, complicated. But, 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 but the, yeah. the, like it's, it seems complicated, but the, those other, the other universes and the other people, it is, I think really kind of like the core plot that there is a universe for every single decision that you make in life. Yeah. And the, yeah. and the, it's like, that's what's so like central about it is that it's not like fantasy. It's a thing that we all think about and have yeah. like are all possible. It's like, you know, what happened if I went to this different school in high school? What happened if I would have broken up with that partner? Or what happened if I would have stayed together with that partner? In these universes, those things have happened. And so she gets to interact and engage with other versions of herself. And it allows us and you to kind of like think about the repercussions of your actions and the like the, you know, the what would happen? Who would I be? Am I static? Am I bound to do this thing? Could life have been different and for for better or for worse? And why am I here? And that is the that's the central like idea that it plays with. Yeah. And I just thought that that was, you know, who hasn't thought of that? Who doesn't have those but thoughts? It's just so we know. I mean, there is those, there's that element for sure. And that's thematically and like personally what's happening. But there's this heavy fantasy element because totally. there's also a universe where everyone's fingers are made of hot dogs. So right. that's not really based on a decision they made. It's just, <laughs> unless right. something happens early on and now everyone's fingers are hot dogs. It's and that, that is the, kind the- of element is just what colors this whole movie so nicely. Exactly. Exactly. And then they really just like run with that fantasy element and make that just like as imaginative and as whimsical and as funny as, you know, as possible. But I think that's what makes it work is that it is this kind of like core, um, like the decisions that you make in your life, but the tone of it is this like absolutely wild fantasy that is incredibly, incredibly Deeply funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And visual and colorful and costumes are amazing. And the, uh, the all the personas are amazing. So it's just a lot of variety. I think that's probably a big part of it too, especially these days. Like you, it's impossible not to lose concentration on this film. Yeah. Because there's always a new bright, big fun thing happening. So, but it's, it doesn't lose its, uh, its character because of it. It's not like, Oh, I'm just going to move on to another thing. They're all connected, but there's giant splashes of color, but they're all connected. That's the through line for me. But yeah, that, that was wonderful. And Michelle, yo, I just feel like she's always been iconic and like having been through like, feels like hundreds, but the tons of martial arts films right. and then breaking into the United States. Um, this one though, she really gets to purely, I mean, she does a lot of action in this, but she gets to act. I feel like more than in any film I've seen her before. I think so too. I mean, like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, yeah, crazy rich Asians, you know, like these are like a Kung Fu Panda series, like yeah. 007, like has always like, 
been a role in these, but has kind of so frequently been not the center of it. And this, like this entire movie is so based on, I mean, literally like based on her and her performance. And she like absolutely uh, nails it. And that's like all the, many of the performances in this. I mean, uh, Kihoi Kwan. Yeah. They have to play different versions of who they are. And there was a couple of times where I was like, is that the same actor or is that like, or right, is that someone yeah. else? And he does such a great job of literally like, while the camera is on him with without cutting somewhere else and cutting back to him, yeah, right. just by his like facial, you know, expression completely change who he is and indicates that he's a different version of himself. And he yeah. looks different. And all he did was like change the way that he was standing. Yeah. His and, posture like and so... his facial expression. And he's like, goes from kind of meek and shy, like kind of like a dowdy husband to this like super agent, really cool suave. Yeah. And it is very cool to see him in this movie because he has not acted for decades it's been a long Mm. time you know he is the one who was data in the goonies and he was in the indiana jones series so he was that little kid Mm -hmm. and then he just stopped acting for a really long time and now he's back and he's it's amazing to see he's still got chops like oh he was so good after such a long way away from acting it was kind of cool there was the scene that really kind of like got me in was there is they're like they're doing their taxes and they go to Jamie Lee Curtis who is hilarious in this yeah, and she's very good. things like there starts to be like quakes uh in the timeline and uh, the you start to get the feeling that of like what's going on is is weird and you're trying to like they're trying to have them enter the world and uh, Kihoi Kwan eats some chapstick <laughs> oh yeah, that was funny. Yeah. And he does it so slow and it is so gross. Yeah, they really linger oh, on it. Oh my god. And that was the key and that's like a big part of this fantasy is like to enter to enter this world you have to do something like unexpected or that you wouldn't normally do, Ugh. which was just like a Such great a plot point. A great yeah. device to just have absolute absurdity happen and it was just like Let's have this thing to just create physical comedy in this yeah. world. And this movie is so physically funny. And yeah. it is there's so many physical gags that just work so well to go along yeah. with like the emotional devastation of intergenerational trauma. <laughs> you know? No, it's, it's like it's, wild. It's interesting that you're saying now I'm realizing as we're saying this, and he the the Daniels use this device yeah. of like you have to do something preposterous essentially to pull in another personality from another universe, which and there's a, a scene I'm thinking of that is which I won't spoil, but is so absurd and hilarious when everyone's trying to pull yeah, someone in. There. I I know oh, exactly. Yeah, you don't even have to say it. But um, he they use something silly like this amongst like you said, these deeper um, themes going on at the same time so seamlessly. And when they did Swiss Army Man, they it's essentially, it was this was, it was farts. In it Swiss Army farts. Man, 
farts yeah. was like a theme. And when I first watched Swiss Army Man, the first 10 minutes, I was like, is this movie genuinely just going to be like <laughs> fart gags? But then within five, I would say within five minutes, I was like, the fart gag was elevated substantially. And I was oh like, oh, okay. All right. And then by the end, I realized, and no joke, the f- fart, a fart was a theme. It was like a metaphor for the theme of the film. It genuinely worked. Genuinely like worked so like on a deep level. So silly and juvenile actually worked on a much better level. So I feel like they're do that's the, you know, the switcheroos here in this movie are kind of that version, which wonderful, wonderfully done. I love the balance of serious and juvenile, and it's very impressive in this film. And in Swiss Army Man, if you haven't seen that, you should check that out. I agree. Also, I have to do a quick shout out to James Hong, who plays the grandfather. Yes, legend. He he is a legend. He has been in 177 movies. And that's just movies. That's not even TV. And he's almost, he's 93 years old. Wow. And he is hilarious. I realized, I mean, he doesn't always play comedy, but like he was in um, Big Trouble in Little China. But he is very funny. He's he's always has a smaller part. Occasionally he'll be a villain or he'll be a, you know, like like in this one, somebody's grandfather. He is solid. And he he is like a character actor legend. And he was so good in this. IMDb has him credited as, you said that was just movies. That was like a hundred, whatever. That was just movies. Yeah. So in TV, it's probably. If you want to include everything else, IMDb has him at 452 (laughs) credits. Yeah. Oh my God. That's not surprising. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. So love James Hong so much. Okay. So I think, I think that's a wrap on everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, I mean, you guys have already seen it twice, I'm sure. Everyone has seen this movie. It has the highest rating on Letterboxd I've ever seen. Um, Yeah. I just started- If you haven't, see it again. I like started crying halfway through the movie and like didn't stop. Yeah. Except for when to laugh. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, and this is what I didn't, I forgot to mention this. I didn't cry in this movie- only because I was constantly being distracted the entire time. Oh yeah, you want to talk about your theater experience? What, yeah, what was it? I it is if you had to like write a sitcom, and in the sitcom they're like, okay, put a character in them that's really disruptive in a movie. It would be this woman who was in the theater oh, with me. God, she's about she's about six seats away from me. She talked the whole time, like to the screen, oh, and like. Boy. She repeated lines that she thought were funny, full voice. And then uh, she did that so much. And then at the end, she actually took a phone call. Oh, in the theater? In the theater. I've never seen that except in movies and television. Like, Was it just you two? No, she was with somebody who was silent. Oh. It's like as if he was trying to set an example. But she just kept repeating the words that she heard or like responding. And then she took a phone call and it was essentially just, hello, I'm in the movies. Oh, okay, yeah, bye. But I was like, God. why Why take it if you're just <laughs> oh. like, you know, you're, and I heard it. Uh, so I did my best to just concentrate, but I had to really concentrate. But 
That's oh, like a worst that case is, scenario. That is the worst case. My my experience was the exact opposite. I was just going to say, despite the fact that that was happening, I still enjoyed the movie, which is a testament to the movie that it could get through that noise noise machine. Totally. I saw it at a packed house at the Oriental Theater. I mean, it yeah. was it was the most people I've seen in the Oriental Theater that was not the film festival. Oh, and, yeah. And it was like... I think it was like mostly college students and everybody was so there for it. And everybody yeah. laughed at the, at the parts that everyone was supposed to laugh at. Right. It was like, oh, it was great. such a joyous, wonderful audience experience. It was one of the, one of the yeah. best, one of the, probably the best audience experience since. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Since like uncut gems or a, a film festival. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was actually, it was, it was great. It was the best. Oh, well, I'm glad you had, I wish I would have been in that audience. That is perfect. That is like the whole reason you want to do that to go out and see movies is you want that. Everyone's just in it together is really cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, that is everything everywhere all at once. You have probably already yeah. seen it. Um, will be seeing it again. Probably an incredible rewatch because there's just like there's that scene where they go through so like many details. They go through like twenty, just like on on her face. And I was like, did they really oh. like dress her up like twenty times? Do twenty like different scenes for like thought. five I seconds? Thought. I was like, that is absolutely Honestly, incredible. If you ask me, way more than twenty. Yeah, it felt probably. like a, a hundred. And I was like, I was talking with somebody about it. I'm like, if this was the eighties, they would have had to put different like prosthetics and hair and everything on her. It would have taken days, but it's most likely all computer generated. But I would have loved to see this is great marketing for this. I would love to see stills like of every one of those images of her face in different universes. Cause some of them were like, she was an animal person, but you see it for a split second. Right. And some of it, she's like a man, and some of it, she's you know this. It's just so different and wild. Love it. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. All right, Christopher, time for our favorite segment. Oh, I'm ready. What else have you been watching? Well, the festival just ended uh, for me, and so I just crashed over the weekend. But I did what I do when I need comfort. And I just watched a lot of 80s movies. Nightmare Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> Hell Comes to Frogtown, Justin Barney. I will never Hell. get it right. Hell I Comes know. to Frogtown. Hell I'm comes getting to closer. Frogtown. I'm getting closer. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what, would you say Nightmare Comes to <laughs> Yeah, same shit. <laughs> that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, no, I didn't watch that one. I watched uh, Mr. Mom. Okay. Which Classic. I haven't seen in a long time. Still holds up. It's very funny. Does it? Uh, yeah, no, it really does. It's very funny. Wow. Michael Keaton is hilarious. It was written by John Hughes. Right. I just realized. And it's genuinely funny. I remember it being funny, and it still is. That's the I kind was, of thing that I think would not withstand the test of time. Yeah. It's like, no. dads, aren't they dumb? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, don't yeah. they not know how to do things? Because, you know... Yeah, but that's this a is women's the best. job. Right, right. But that's the best of this. Yeah. And also in the you know she goes out and works and he's at home and they don't do the thing where it's like, "Oh, I should the woman, yeah, I my job's hard. I'm going to give up." Like she 
rule. She like rules at her job. Yeah. And then doesn't take her nonsense from her boss and then still continues to do a good job. And then he also gets to go back to work, but they, you know, they share responsibilities. It, it's like a very <laughs> responsible version in which you don't get much from the eighties. So good job. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then I also watched, rewatched footloose. Wow. Which really going for it. I love footloose. Genuinely think it is a good looking film. And Kevin Bacon is great. Uh, uh, John Lithgow is amazing. The only thing I did know, I started to really realize about this movie is that Lori Singer, who plays like the love interest, she's like the other lead in the movie. She, it, I'm concerned for her well being a little bit. She obviously has issues, but there's moments <laughs> that on her, like on her facial expressions, that uh, she seems deeply troubled. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't know that they intended that. I guess again in the eighties, but I was like, Oh, I think this goes beyond like, Oh yeah. Your dad's kind of oppressing you. Mm. Like you seem a little, a little psychopathic. Mm. And I hate for that to be the case, right. uh, <laughs> but it's just a little too intense for the movie. I think feel like I but, honestly, I think I so saw good. footloose when I was in high school and I haven't seen it since. Oh man. It's worth a rewatch. Yeah. Nicole was like, yeah, I didn't like that movie. And I was like, that's crazy. She goes, there's not that much dancing in it. And I said, you didn't see it. And I know her. She falls asleep at like 90% of movies. Sure. And I was like, we're rewatching it. And then every time they danced, I go, oh, look, more dancing. Because <laughs> so I'm, I'm very mature. And not sure, at all loved that. Yeah, she enjoyed it. I mean, who she wouldn't? It. Yeah, who wouldn't love to be yelled at while you're watching a movie? <laughs> What have you been watching, Justin? I went to uh, I went to Philadelphia in the past week, and so I was on a plane, and uh, um, or I was on you know the plane a couple times, and uh, yeah. I was like, uh, what series? What series should I watch on this plane? And uh, I hadn't watched the latest Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, it's such a good show! Such I a, love that show. Such a good show. This yeah. the most recent season, not that great. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen the most recent season, and I feel like subtly I was getting a vibe like, how can you keep it up for four seasons? Totally. And it's like the, you know, the first couple seasons, like they're so fast, and it's like the writing is so fast and the writing is so tight that it gives this feeling like, like, the you know it's hot you know like it's going somewhere yeah. like it's 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 moving and like the first season second season even the third season it was like wow like we're on fire like we're going from one thing to the next thing and it kind of like followed the you know the like the 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 speed of of that diction and yeah. this season it's like the writing fast the jokes you know pretty pretty good but they kind yeah. of like hit a wall with like, what should we do with these characters? And the whole thing felt like it was going nowhere fast. Oh, and that's a shame. it just kind of like all felt like, what? It's just not really a whole lot going on, even though everything's like still maintains that like fast pace. It wasn't like the yeah. worst thing in the world. And I, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but it it definitely did not keep the pace with the previous three seasons. Oh, that's a shame. Well, I may just stop. It felt Honestly, like it felt like a big middle chapter. I'm like, it yeah. seems like the next season will be 
you know, they're like, it all seemed poised for the next season. It was like, okay, we, you know, we reached a peak and like now we're in a valley to get to another peak. And it very much felt like we're in the valley for the whole season. So I like the way the British do things. They like, let's cut our, let's cut and run before it gets bad. Like you don't need a hundred seasons of everything. Right. It's I mean, I like, I like to be less it's not, wanting. It's yeah. not bad, which is like, yeah. I think the, the difficult part about a lot of seasons and series yeah. is like the first three series were really good. And this is, I mean, they were excellent. You know, it was, it was top notch and this yeah. it's, it's not, it's not bad. Yeah. It's just right. not as good as it was before, Almost which is worse. really hard. Almost worse. Yeah. I'd rather, I kind of just be able to go, okay, this is bad. I need to cut my losses. If it's just like, oh, it's not bad, but I'm not getting that same feeling. Then that's, you know what I was thinking about doing is an experiment where, uh, you know, people do dry January, things like that. Right. I was thinking about taking a month off of television and just, like well, I'll still watch movies. Well, that's the thing is like I don't I don't watch a lot of television, and because it's like if I I watch a series and then I'm like, all right, I'm on the hook for you know this this series. Every series is like you know, let's say it's you know, Maisel was eight episodes. They're an hour. Yeah, you know, like sure, we're on. I'm on the hook for eight hours. I start a you start a new series, and you're like, next year I'm on the hook for eight hours. You want to like continue yeah. the series that you've been watching? It just like it's exponential, and it's like you have yeah. to, you know, you have to decide when to stop watching shows. And uh, I'm like, yeah. just a movie is is tighter. You know, yeah. Even though, like, every just, single movie is trying to be a TV series and have, I know, you know, the line. So many. I just feel like I am not doing things that I want to do because I do that thing where I'm like, oh, I'll just put something on, have it playing, mm. but and then that's what you say you're going to do, but then you end up watching it more than you do doing the thing you're supposed to be doing. Right. This is for, I'm talking about me. But but, but also, that also, that's why I like watching a movie because I'm like, this is my time to watch a movie. You know, I'm like, yeah, it's two, exactly. it's two hours long. It's likely two and a half hours long, but I'm like, okay, at the end of this two and a half hours, I will not want to watch anything else. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be propelled to watch seven more hours of something or feel like, you know, it's midnight. Should I watch another episode? I'm like, okay, I'm starting this at nine. It will end at, you know, yeah. 1130. Then I will go to bed. Yeah, I feel like t- like movies are more dedicated attention, even though a lot of people just put them on, et cetera, the same thing as television. But I feel like movies are more dedicated, and TV it can be more passive, True. even if it's a show that you're really into. So I- I'm just going to experiment and try not watching actual TV shows uh, for a month and see how much stuff I get done. <laughs> or honestly, I'd be happy if I just end up watching a ton more movies. That's fine too. That feels productive somehow to me, but, uh, re or reading or drawing or, you know, sure. mowing the lawn, anything. I just want to be, feel productive. TV doesn't make me feel productive unless it's like a great show that I can really, you know, focus on, but let me know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I'll, I'll, there's can't, a can't wait, can't wait to follow this conversation up in, uh, in two months. Solid <laughs> chance I'll quit after two days. I mean, that is not. Oh, Christopher, remember when you were going to do that? Remember when you were going to be more productive? I don't recall making that promise. I don't oh, recall that. How's that going? <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about, and I am insulted by the insinuation. 
All yeah, right. I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I start. How about that? Yeah. I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll let sure. you know when I start. Sure. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. All right. Um, this has been Cinebuzz. After this, uh, we're gonna I'm gonna do the credits, and then we're going to have the conversation with Steve Martin and Martin Short. Oh boy, that's so good. We're edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Yeah. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician and author Brett Newski. The Newsk. We get um, we get support from Associated Bank. Thank you, Associated Bank. Also from our members of 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, Milwaukee Film. You're beautiful. And there's only one other person that I would like to thank. The uh, Can't imagine who it could be. The rock to my other rock in a parallel universe. Uh, oh, I see Christopher Pollard. Oh, the googly to my eyes. All right. Well, we'll get into it. Um, I'm here with Steve Martin and Martin Short coming through Milwaukee on the You Won't Believe What They Look Like Today tour, coming to the Riverside <laughs> Theater on May 12th. Um, hey, guys, how's it going? Very good. How are you doing? Uh, We're doing great. I, am- I think I remember, I, I could be wrong, but I think I remember playing Milwaukee with the Steep Canyon Rangers when I toured with them as a band. And playing kind of along the coast with the uh, lake as a backdrop. I could be wrong, but anyway. We, that's uh, definitely. Well, you're thinking awesome. of Lake Tahoe. <laughs> and not Lake Tahoe, I know that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was reading in, into a bit how you you guys met on uh, the set of the Three Amigos, and uh, I, I had seen one thing where Martin, you said that one of the first things that you bonded over was Scrabble. Is that true? Uh, we did. We played a lot of Scrabble during um, making Three Amigos with Chevy, Steve, and myself. And, uh, and what the, was great about it is Marty was never embarrassed by always losing. <laughs> No. Well, I was just so aware that I was so much younger than you two and would live so much longer that it gave me that extra yeah. kind of sense of happiness. Right. And also, our, our words were in, the words we scored with were in Old English. That's true. Yeah. Say, how did you know that this was a, a, a connection point, or how did it start? Oh, I think someone said, hey, do you want to play Scrabble? <laughs> No, no, <laughs> no. I think I think what he's really asking is we bonded through comedy, and we kind of had the same. We appreciated, I don't know, each other's comedy, or I had no comedy, he had comedy, and I just sort of uh, latched on to him. I sort of you, Steve, you, you had no comedy, so all well, those filling up Madison Square Gardens were just <laughs> lotto wins. Well, I'm talking about. I'm talking about personal comedy. So I just oh, oh, yeah. on to his leg. I, I held on to his leg and sat on his foot as he walked around for about two weeks. <laughs> and uh, I, th- I think, uh, you know, part of, of your charm is, um, is like digging on each other during the show, which uh, is very funny and is just like the best part of like an old friendship is, you know, kind of like always giving it to each other. Well, Steve, what, what is... Um, what is the nice thing about working with Martin Short? Why do you, why do you why do you like working with Martin Short? Well, you know, we 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 never fight. There's not a, a moment of like, oh, I can't I can't I hate it when he does that. Although Marty might have it for me, but I No, I am getting out my list. That. 
<laughs> yeah, you, you have a list. You keep a list. <laughs> Two page list. Santa Claus but, keeps um, smaller lists than I do. We have the same uh, goal, which is to do a good show, and we have the same uh, interest in uh, gossip. <laughs> and Marty, I have some hot gossip when we're done with these interviews. Is that true? Talk to you about yes. <laughs> hot. Love hot, this. but you know. Uh, no, I think a, that. Um, I, you know, I think it is not m- more complicated than most people who become f- close friends. It, it is humor, absolutely. But it's also a respect for the other person's kind of human decency and the way he treats people and the way he interacts in situations that could be go either way. And you like that person because they are fair and kind and wise, and, and therefore the friendship grows. Yeah. Coded in comedy. And I, I think that is like, I, you know, it's it's aspirational for for a friendship. It, it is like the kind of it, it's, you know, I think that when we see it on stage, it's like that is it reminds everybody of their oldest friend who you've you've run out of all the like important things to say. So you're onto like just bits and digging at each other and gossip and, and fun. Right. Um, so this, so this is the, you won't believe what they look like today tour. How is it, um, the same as old tours and how is it a bit different? We are constantly working on our show. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's always, I'd say after every show, there's at least an incremental change. And then, uh, occasionally we'll come up with a whole new you know, five minute routine that we put in. So from, I don't know the last, at least uh, we were within, uh, I can't, can't, can't get this out. We haven't been there probably for five or six years. And our show is probably 70 to 80% different than what we would gauge as the Netflix show. Yeah. Because uh, that's what people have seen. So we, we keep the structure the same because we like that. In fact, we played with the structure and decided we like the old structure. Um, <laughs> and of course, the only structural change was in our show now, I come out and then I introduce Marty. And we thought, Let's try it where we both come out. And then we both came out and we thought, eh. (laughs) (laughs) So, but we do have new lines and new things and, you know, we're always kind of tweaking it. Great. Um, well, and so, I'm looking for a new partner. So there, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. always in the mix. Yeah. Um, okay. So great. So this part will be, will be on air. And then, um, uh, so we're a music station. We are, we're going to come out of this with a song and every, every person that I interview, you know, I, it, we're going into a song. So to me, it makes sense that, um, for like, for a song that you each be the DJ, um, I like the prompt. The prompt that I like to use is uh, "What's the last song you couldn't stop listening to?" Because it's not like the greatest song of all time. It's just something that's been in your head lately. So, um, so I'm going to ask each one of you individually. Um, uh, we'll start with with Martin. Martin Short. What's the last song that you can stop listening to? The last song I couldn't stop. Well, it had to be by Mungo Jerry. Mm. Probably in the summertime. And why? Really? No, I'm joking. I don't know. <laughs> the last song. I couldn't stop listening. I'm surprised to. you even know Mungo Jerry. <laughs> uh, well, I have a reference level, if that's what you yeah. mean. Um, I would say the last song that I couldn't stop listening to was, um, uh, I just heard James Taylor sing Up on a Roof. Mm. And oh, that's nice. When this old world starts a getting me down and people are just too much for me to face 
top of the And why do like why do you like that song? Or what it what it speak song. to you? Great song, great singer. That is as easy as that. Steve Martin. You are going to hate <laughs> the song that stuck in my head. Great. Uh, but I don't know your format. It doesn't matter. But um, that's the beauty. Okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, the last song that got stuck in my head as of yesterday was Baby Shark. Because <laughs> <laughs> my daughter was singing it. Uh, by the way, she knows it drives us nuts, so she was singing it aggressively. <laughs> and so now it's in my head, Baby Shark. Why? why? When she sings those songs, Steve, don't you like to pick her up and twirl her? Oh, yes. I When, when like Baby Shark comes on, she uh, runs in, and I always pick her up uh, by the arms and swing her around. Yes. That is so cool. How old is your daughter now? She's 54. <laughs> <laughs> Such a limber girl. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that is, is perfect and fantastic. Um, uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short, they're coming to Milwaukee on the You Won't Believe What They Look Like Today tour at the Riverside Theater on May 12th. Event starts at 8, doors are at the 7. Count, the countdown begins. The countdown begins. Uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short. Thank you so much for, for joining me and for talking to us and setting aside some time. Thanks um, a lot. Big Pleasure. fan of your comedy, big fan of Only Murders in the Building, thank big you. fan of it all. So thank you. Thanks thank a lot. You. Bye-bye. Right. Bye.